0: And that plant-based protein foods like legumes and whole grains offer ample dietary fiber and vitamins and minerals and other beneficial phytonutrients. So it's not that we should be neglecting some of those other foods. It's just to be aware that animal proteins and animal products uh, are more likely to give you that complete amino acid profile and are therefore complete sources of protein. Welcome to Consistency Breeds Growth Radio. I am your host, Justin Romare. Our incredible guest and myself talk about the cutting-edge science and consistency necessary to reach your weight loss, wellness, and performance goals. If you have nutrition goals, we have customized nutrition programs and coaches that tell you how much, when, and what to eat for every single meal. And the best part... You don't need to calculate macros in an app. Ditch the calculators. Want to learn more about our intrinsic diet? Let one of our coaches know you listened to this podcast to get 10% off. Do you own a gym or attend a gym that wants to make some money and throw a top-notch nutrition challenge with a team of certified nutrition coaches? Our team will guide your members through a nutrition challenge customized for your gym. And you'll make money for each member who signs up. If you want more information about working with us one-on-one or in a gym setting, head over to ConsistencyBreedsGrowth.com or email us at ConsistencyBreedsGrowth at gmail.com. We will also put links in the show notes. Enjoy the podcast. What's up, team? We're back with another episode of CBG Radio. I just want to send you a quick reminder to join our community Facebook page. Why am I asking you to join this page? Well, let me tell you. Every month, we run free monthly nutrition, many nutrition challenges. So like, for example, uh, this month, um, we set up a leaderboard. We're going to be giving away some prizes uh, for the winners. And our challenge is all about uh, or it's themed uh big ass salad challenge, so the goal for this, and I don't like to curse on a podcast, but it's part of the name- the name of the actual challenge so in this challenge, the goal is to eat one big salad per day uh get in those greens, and then two grow your booty. So we got those two things going throughout this challenge, and me and my coaches are giving tips along the way to try to improve these these health markers in terms of eating more greens and vegetables in your diet specifically through salad. And then growing your buns, why not, right? So uh, these are are two things that we're focused on this month. We run so many different challenges. We've done sleep challenges and other things, uh, water challenges. All these things are totally free for you guys. You get a load of information, uh, and it's just good to bring this value. So if you want to join that community Facebook page, just go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash CBG Nutrition Tribe, okay? We'll see you guys there. Today I have a really cool podcast about protein. Uh, You know, each macronutrient has sort of uh, over the past like 10 years received some sort of uh, just backlash, right? Carbs are bad, fats are bad, protein's bad. Uh, It's pretty important to disseminate between this information and that's what coaches like myself and coaches on our team, uh, our certified health coaches, nutrition coaches, and registered dietitians are doing and we're bringing that value to you. So, When it comes to protein, it's been demonized in a variety of different ways and for a variety of different reasons. Um, So to start, uh, proteins in our diet are really the building blocks of life. And even in our muscles and in our DNA, they're the building blocks of life, right? Uh, And every living cell uses proteins for structural and functional purposes, right? So it's not just like you go to the gym, you work out, that's functional, but it's also structural purposes, right? And they're actually uh, used in the synthesis and, you know, provide a lot of information about how uh, DNA is replicated in the body and all of these other biological phenomenons and processes that keep us alive, right? So proteins are basically long chains of amino acids, right? And they're sort of linked together, each individual Amino acid is linked together like beads on a string. And then once they're like beads on a string, they're folded into these complex shapes, and that gives them their properties. The structure of how they're folded gives them their properties, right? So they're essentially essentially funny word. It, they're nine essential amino acids, right? And uh that you must get through your diet. Okay. And twelve are non essential right, which your body can produce from other organic molecules, right? So, you can imagine how important protein becomes when there are nine essential amino acids that you must get through your diet, right? That's the important part. You must get through your diet. So, it's very important to make sure that you have food sources that have those nine essential amino acids, right? So, the quality of your protein source depends on its amino acid profile, okay? And uh, the you know, the best dietary sources of protein contain all of the essential amino acids in ratios appropriate for the human physiology, right? So in this regard, animal proteins are better than plant proteins when it comes to the amino acid profile, right? And this is given that the muscle tissues of animals are very similar to that of humans. Pretty straightforward, right? They, uh, therefore, you know, when we eat animal proteins, we're getting a lot more of the uh, amino acid, uh, essential amino acids and in distribution ratios that that we need, right? Because our DNA is very similar. We're very similar in general. Um, so currently, you know, the recommendation uh, for protein intake can vary pretty substantially. It really depends on what source that you're really looking at. But our recommendation typically for protein intake is somewhere around 0.8 grams per pound of body weight per day, and it can be higher than that, right? And it's found that one in three adults are not getting the daily recommended amount of protein that they need in a day, right? And it's been suggested that higher than 0.8 is necessary for people as they age, which is super important, right? So... Right now, now that I've given some sort of context around protein, um, I at least would like to go into some of the myths around protein intake, okay? And one of the first myths uh, that I'd like to sort of debunk is that you don't need protein for breakfast, right? So I'm not even sure where this myth came from, but while you're sleeping, your body is sort of in a state of fasting right and proteins not delivered to your muscles and getting a high protein breakfast is a great way to replenish your your you know your muscles protein balance right so but a lot of people in the morning since there aren't a lot of protein options if you're not an egg lover or eater uh people will resort to high uh carbohydrate a high carbohydrate meal for the morning so like bagels and toast uh things like that so some other ways that you can get more protein in the morning is you can make like a ground turkey, sweet potato hash that you can uh, cook pretty easily. You could put protein in your oatmeal and do an overnight oats thing. Um, you can also have like other dairy products like Greek yogurt and uh, and cheese. So all these things have uh, good protein content in them and it's good to get enough protein in for breakfast. Um, so what you should really be doing is not... And even if it's not breakfast but it's another meal right you should always be you should always be getting protein in at each meal. So that's sort of uh, the myth uh, is that you shouldn't get protein in it at each meal or specifically breakfast and you know who, what really actually works is aiming to get protein at every meal, including breakfast uh, to nourish like your body, satisfy your hunger um, and start your day right with high quality with a high quality breakfast you know that has all those essential amino acids, right the other myth is that all protein is created equally, right so we already mentioned that protein is made up of building blocks called amino acids, right that's these beads that are connected together and then are folded in a variety of different structures. Nine of those are essential uh meaning you know your body has to have a daily supply of them to support normal growth development function right um so a complete protein versus an incomplete protein. So a complete protein contains all nine amino acids, essential amino acids, in the right amounts, right, to support that growth and function and development. Whereas an incomplete protein provides only some of these building blocks and needs to be combined with other sources of protein throughout the day. So sources like meat from animal products, animal foods like meat, fish, poultry, eggs, and... Dairy contain complete protein, right? While most plant proteins, except for soy, are incomplete, right? So I just want to state though, however, eating a variety of vegetable protein sources in a day, like grains and legumes, can provide enough complete protein. And that plant-based protein foods like legumes and whole grains offer ample dietary fiber and vitamins, And minerals and other beneficial phytonutrients so it's not that we should be neglecting some of those other foods it's just to be aware that animal proteins and animal products uh, are more likely to give you that complete amino acid profile and are therefore complete sources of protein right so what is the takeaway from this myth the takeaway is that what really works is that you should try to include at least one source of high quality protein in each meal okay and if you follow a plant-based diet which is also a possibility you want to mix things up by eating different kind of vegetable proteins throughout the day because not one of them has the complete amino acid profile but it could be that a mixture of them do right so you want to switch this up throughout the day peanut butter uh on toast for breakfast uh rice and beans for lunch stir-fried tofu and quinoa for dinner something like this right And also, you know, if you find yourself in a rush, there are several different plant-based proteins and obviously protein shakes like whey protein, casein proteins uh, that you can buy. And, you know, when it comes down to it, look, protein is expensive. It's way more expensive typically than carbohydrates and fat. So I think that protein powders are a really good bang for your buck, especially if you want to hit your protein goals. And this is a great way to start prioritizing protein in your life is to just to have that one shake a day after your workout, right? Um, So this is sort of, uh, you know, a key uh, myth number two that I'd like to really outline uh, for you guys. Number three is that your age doesn't matter when it comes to your protein needs. Okay. This couldn't be further from the truth, right? So age, in fact, does matter when it comes to your protein needs and a lot of experts agree and it's been shown in the scientific literature that protein needs actually increase with aging and illness right where you know there are some uh you know studies out there especially back in the early 2000s that mentioned that protein uh was caused an increase of coronary uh, heart disease right and uh you know it's very important when you're looking at some of these studies to realize that it's about the uh, quality of some of the beef and the other meats that you're actually intaking and then also the total caloric intake that you're taking in when you're talking about diseases such as coronary heart disease. Protein on its own, however, uh, doesn't cause uh, a lot of these illnesses and diseases that we know of that are very prevalent now in the United States. So, muscle loss in general is a part of the natural aging process so you know in uh, calcium as well like osteoporosis and things like that and you know this happens more and more as we age right and muscle loss in general um as part of that aging process for some older adults can they can lose up to 8% of muscle mass each decade which if you think about it is pretty substantial right and this is starting typically Uh, depending on your genetics around age 40 okay so this can take a serious toll on some of your strength metrics and goals and energy levels right making things that were once seem very easy like picking up uh, a 30 pound box off the floor etc it might make those things seem a little bit more difficult right which is very very frustrating on top of that as you're As you age, your body becomes less efficient at utilizing protein. So if you want to reap the benefits of protein, which as we mentioned before, is really the building blocks of the muscle mass that you have, you're going to want to make sure that you're getting enough of it, right? So what actually really works for people that are aging and are above 40 is to start slowly thinking about increasing and being more consistent with their protein intake. So compared to younger adults, older adults, you know, may need up to 1.2 to 1.6 times the amount of protein that's recommended for younger adults. Right. And the best way to do that, obviously, is to consistently get in uh, that protein throughout the day at different meals. Okay. You know, and even more importantly there, you know, as you, as you get older, you know, you're less likely to be in the gym as often, you know, when we're younger, we're very competitive and we're in the gym five, six times a week. As we get older, you know, it may be that we can only get to the gym three or four times a week. It's sort of what our body's capable of handling. And then other times, you know, we're doing non-exercise activity thermogenesis uh, based at- activity. So like walking and, you know, uh, bike riding and stuff at, at sort of low uh, low steady state stuff, right? But when you get older, you may work out less. And when this happens, you know, non-exercising adults or lower, you know, frequency exercising adults should also think about increasing their intake of protein even higher right than the registered uh sorry the uh the recommended you know amount so it's definitely something to consider and you know finally just you know the recommended amount of protein also increases if an adult is malnourished because of an acute or chronic disease right so this is also something that i'm you know if you have someone, if you're personally experiencing this or you have a family member, uh, don't let them shy away from protein thinking that it's the problem, right? Because it could really honestly be benefiting them. So let's see here. Another myth that really is important for overall protein intake is that activity level doesn't impact protein needs. So as you can see here, a lot of these myths are around specific. Uh, goals personalized nutrition uh, and that everyone sort of should have a different intake around what their protein needs are and you know depending on who you are and what your activity level is right we all have different activity levels you definitely need to have different protein requirements in your diet right so when it comes to protein there isn't really a one-sized fit all as you age Right, as we mentioned, it impacts protein needs, and so does the activity that you're doing. So, to, if you're an athlete and you hit the gym hard, right, you also need more protein, right, uh, than someone uh, that's a little bit more sedentary that wants to just kind of keep on their amount of muscle mass that they have, right. So, the more muscle that you have, the more protein you need, okay, to make sure that you're getting the right. The, it, it is what repairs our muscles right? Protein is very involved in that process. So if you have a lot of muscle mass, you need to make sure that you're eating adequate amounts of protein, right? So timing for individuals of this type that have a lot of muscle mass is also super important, right? So in addition to eating various sources of protein in each meal, right, it's important to to really power up with protein rich snacks after exercising. This is where that protein shake may actually come in handy for a lot of you, right? And I kind of take this for granted. I always think that everyone's on some sort of protein shake. Uh but then, you know, I talk to clients and I'm like, "Hey, so what protein are you on?" They're like, "No, I'm not taking a protein powder. I stopped like three or four months ago." I'm like, "Okay, we need to fix that now." Like it's one of the easiest way to build habits around improving your protein amount. And, you know, it's it's really great post-exercise because it really provides a fast-acting dose of protein to get to your muscles very quickly, especially w- when combined with simple carbohydrates, right? So it's important to sort of give yourself that dose post-exercise and to get into the routine and habit of getting online, finding a protein shake or a protein powder that you like, uh, and utilizing it every day, right? I have a lot of clients uh, make uh, casein pudding at night, right, where they mix a casein protein powder with peanut butter, and they love it, and it allows them to get protein in consistently throughout the night, which is super important, right, to repair any damaged muscle tissue from their workout. So I think this is super important to get an adequate amount of protein, obviously, which is why I'm running a podcast on this, but uh, one really, really uh, slick way to do it is to make sure that you're getting in a protein shake a day, right? So that's myth uh, four. And I would say in turn, in in regards to the last myth, uh, it has everything to do with uh, kidney damage, right? A lot of people say that, oh, you eat too high protein diet can cause kidney damage. This is true for people that have kidney diseases, right? Any disease associated with the kidneys, if you're eating too much protein, this could further exacerbate the kidney disease that they have. The kidney filters out, uh, you know, protein and other things like that become more difficult for people to do so when they have kidney disease. Um, So the kidneys are a super remarkable organ, right? They filter waste compounds, excess nutrients, and liquids out of the bloodstream and then eventually producing urine, right? So some people say that kidneys uh, need to work, they, they need to work really hard to clear metabolites of protein from your body, right? Which can cause increased strain on the kidneys so they say oh adding more protein in your diet may increase their workload Uh, but actually this increase is quite insignificant compared to the immense amount of work that your kidneys already do right so when it comes to the blood that your heart pumps like 20 percent of the blood that your heart pumps through the body goes to your kidneys so in an adult that's 48 gallons of blood every single day it's insane, right? So it is true, like I said, that high protein intake can cause harm in people that have been diagnosed with kidney disease. But it's a lot of studies that have come out, especially in the past five years, regarding how this doesn't apply to people with healthy kidneys, right? So it it's just in conclusion, for myth five, it's there's really little to no evidence that protein intake harms kidney function in people who don't have kidney disease. I mean, it's just that simple, right? Um, so eating plenty of protein, just to summarize here, these, uh, these five different myths around protein is, you know, protein uh, is a super important macronutrient. I think it's the macronutrient of the decade. It's been all over uh, social media and experts have come out. Uh, Talking about the importance of protein, you know it. There are nine essential amino acids that you need. There are 12 others that are non-essential that the body can synthesize. Animal proteins are going to be better uh, to getting those nine essential amino acids in the percentages your body needs for overall function and especially building muscle mass. You know adequate amounts of protein are needed to build that muscle mass, prevent muscle loss, especially on a calorie restricted diet. So. For people out there that are, um, you know, are looking to uh, build, you know, keep the same amount of muscle mass to have on and also lose body fat. You know, you're going to want to make sure that you are eating enough protein. Super, super important. You know, also protein affects energy expenditure. So for people that are looking to lose weight, studies show that protein increases energy expenditure more than any other macronutrient any other macronutrient right so why not eat more protein why not buy that protein shake right yeah it's a 50 dollars tub of protein but look how many scoops you get in one jar and look at that in comparison to 30 grams of protein from a steak that's five ounces of steak i mean it's not you know that's not cheap right so protein powders actually do have a really good bang for the buck i think it's one of the best supplements uh, out there If you get a really good one that you like, continue to drink it every single day. Satiety is also super important for protein. So uh, protein keeps you fuller for longer. Another reason that it might actually help with weight loss, right? Increased protein intake can lead to decreased calorie intake and then eventually, you know, a loss in body fat, which I know is a lot of pertains to a lot of our goals as we head into summer and just for overall health and longevity. Uh, you know, and protein can lower the risk of obesity, you know, very similar to the first point with satiety is that, you know, when you're eating more protein, you're replacing that protein with carbohydrates and fat, right? Uh, And that's how, you know, you're able to protect yourself uh, potentially against uh, obesity, right? Uh, So there are a lot of different benefits of protein. And it's important to get enough in throughout the day. My recommendation to start off is around 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So, for some someone that weighs 200 pounds, that's around 160 uh, grams of protein per day, right? And track it some kind of way, right? Uh, typically, a, a fist, a, uh, a fist, or a, uh, let's just say a palm. A palm's about four ounces of protein, which is about 25 grams. So. Uh, utilize that as sort of a portion size for yourself uh, to understand how much protein you you actually need. So, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed these tips today, all about protein, five minutes that can help get you on the right track uh, to understanding protein a little better and then incorporating the right amount for you and your goals. Don't forget to join our Facebook page. Yeah, love you guys. Appreciate all of the, uh, the listeners on here. And if you have any questions, find us at Consistency Breeds Growth. .com and I'll chat with y'all soon. Later team. It's Science. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. Keep tuning in every week for more incredible guests and ways to reach your max potential, both physically and mentally. Please subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcast app and let us know if you like this episode. Science. Don't forget to check us out at consistencybreedsgrowth.com or on Instagram at CBG underscore online underscore sports for details on upcoming nutrition challenges or one-on-one coaching for weight loss, wellness, or performance. Also, feel free to join our free Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash groups slash CBG Nutrition Tribe.